God lives in you. See, you cannot live by the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is not in you, then you're living by the sinful nature of man. You're living by your own sinful desires, your own sinful lust. You cannot live by the Spirit. You have to have the Spirit in you to live by the Spirit. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ, it says here, Paul says. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Amen? Amen. That means if Christ is living in us, we don't have to worry. Because just as he raised Jesus from the dead, he's going to raise you from the dead. And you're not going to have to worry about eternal death. But if you don't have the Spirit in you, I would suggest you get it. (laughs) And not wait. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of your body, you will live. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a child of God. For you did not receive the spirit That makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are God's children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, this is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free. Amen? Amen. This is a hard teaching to understand. But we need to get this in our hearts. Because I believe a lot of us are bound up to our sinful nature. And that's not why Christ came. For us to be bound. Or for us to be condemned. Do you know what the definition of condemnation is? It is the expression of very strong disapproval. I don't want to displease God. Condemnation. 
is a very strong disapproval. It's the action of condemning someone to a punishment or a sentence. And that's not why Christ came. He didn't come for none of us to be condemned. He didn't come for none of us to have the death sentence. See, before Christ, we all had a death sentence. And we all were appointed to die. Unless you followed every letter of the law to the T. And there was not one that could do it. Only a pure spotless lamb. And that was Jesus that did it. That's why he came. He came not to condemn the world, but he came to set the world free. Jesus came not to condemn you. He came to set you free. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless in to do, that it was weak, weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His Son in the likeness of a sinful man to be a sin offering. God sent His Son in the likeness of you and me. We were in the likeness of a sinful man, of a sinful being. Jesus looked just like you and me. He looked like a man. He was all God, but he looked like a man. And he had to be born into this world like a man. He had to be born into it like a man because it was the will of God to do the will of God. And by doing so, by being a sin offering, he so condemned sin in the sinful man. He so took death out of the equation that was condemning men. See, the title of my sermon last week was The Battle is God's. The battle is Jesus. And this battle of sin and death was Jesus. See, we can't earn our way to heaven, lest no man should boast, it says in the Bible. You can't earn your way. I can be as good as, I can be as, good as gold. But if I don't have the Spirit in me, and if I don't have Jesus, then I'm no good at all. I'm still in my sinful nature. I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have the Spirit. I can't condemn death. I couldn't conquer death. Only Jesus could. He condemned sin in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. I don't know, but if you lived according to the law, there is not a harsher penalty that I can think of more than death. That's the harshest penalty that man has. 
to be able to put another man to death for his crimes. That's a harsh penalty. My crimes would lead me right to death if it wasn't for Jesus. But praise God that Jesus was worthy. Praise God that Jesus was the pure and spotless lamb. Praise God that the battle was the Lord's and not on me. Praise God. Can you imagine taking the battle of sin and death upon you? I would have failed. I would have thrown in the towel. As soon as the first persecution probably would have came along. There's a song out there called Red Letters by David Crowder. And he's like, you know, crucify him probably could have came out of my mouth in that song if you listen to his words. You don't know what you would do in a situation like that in a mob crowd, especially if you didn't even know what you were saying or even know what they were saying. When they were shouting, crucify him. Would we have joined in with him? Would you have joined in with him? Maybe if you didn't know who he was. I don't know. I'm the kind of guy that watches NASCAR. Not to see who wins, but to see the accidents. Right? I think that's everybody. If you're honest with yourself. That's terrible. It's not how it should be. It's like watching football, and it's like watching somebody take a big hit. It's like, oh my gosh, did you see that? It's not like you're going to go up there and play football and just go up there and say, oh, excuse me. I got to push you down. Let me help you back up. No, that's not how you play football. You go there to watch them hit and be brutes. Nobody talks about anything else, but did you see the hit that guy put on that guy? That's what they talk about. That's what us men talk about. There's no way that I could have ever carried all of the sin of the whole world. And there's no way none of us could have ever done that. Only God, only Jesus himself could have done that. Praise God, I wrote down that the battle was the Lord's. And that he was that pure spotless lamb, that sacrifice for all, that fulfillment. He know that Jesus fulfilled every letter of the law, and there's 630, 613 laws. And Jesus fulfilled every letter of that 613 laws. That's amazing. And because of that, We've been set free from death. And because of that, there's a path for us. You see, what Jesus did is like what a snowplow does for a road. Jesus cleared the path. He made the path. He said it's a narrow path. Not many are going to follow it, but he made a path way to him. He made a pathway to heaven. And he says narrow is the road and few follow that path. Because everybody wants to go down the, the, 
the main road, the highway. They want to go down with the mob. You ever try to walk? You ever been to a concert or somewhere and you, the flow of traffic is going one way, but you got to go the opposite direction? I'm telling you, you want to have that feeling? You just go shopping at Wegmans. I've been there one time, and I'm telling you, you got to march right along with your car in row with everybody else. As soon as you break your row or your lane, forget about it. You got to try to go back in the other way, and you see the looks and the people that will give you. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Everybody's going this way. Well, I got to go that way. Well, get in your lane. It's terrible. We don't have to live anymore under condemnation because of what Jesus Christ has done. None of us. Think about that. That is huge. You have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. You don't have to live under any condemnation anymore. You don't have to worry about death anymore. You don't have to worry because Jesus covered you with His blood. He bought you with the precious blood of the Lamb. In John, verse 8, or John, chapter 8, verse 36, it says, You've been set free. So if the Son sets you free, you've been freed indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You've been set free. But we live like we're under condemnation still. But you've been set free. But we still are catering to our sinful nature. And Jesus said, you've been set free from that. See, we've got to realize that. We've got to understand that we've been set free. There is no condemnation under those in Christ Jesus. You've been set free. That should make you want to get up and shout for joy and dance. You know, my wife showed me a guy up there dancing in church. And she goes, you got to do it. And I'm like, I can't dance like that, honey. <laughs> I can barely move my feet. I got two left feet. But you've been set free. We've been set free. When we walk into this place, you've been set free. Wherever you go, you've been set free. But people try to toss condemnation on you. No, I've been set free in Jesus' name. I'm not going to live by the sinful nature. I'm not going to desire that anymore because I've been set free with Christ. Why would I want to be bound up again? Why would I want to have somebody throw their chains on me again and say, no, you got to do this, you got to do that? Oliver, you've been set free. Look at this little man. He's free to walk around his whole place. Does he... Does he even know what condemnation means? No. Because he's set free. Amen? God did this for you. God did this for you because he didn't intend for his creation to be bound up. Do you know that God didn't intend for us to even die? When God created us, 
in the Garden of Eden, there was no death. It wasn't until sin crept in that death, there was death. Look at how old people lived. Methuselah, the oldest man in the Bible, almost lived a millennium. 969 years. Can you imagine what you would look like after 969 years? I mean, I'm starting to get wrinkles at, you know, 50. Probably at 30, maybe 20. But 969 years, holy cow, what would be left? He's in here hiding. He just hid from you. But God did this for us by sending his son in the image of a sinful man to take the sin of the world. And he bore that sin of the world, yours and mine. I want you to understand this and get this. Jesus bore the world's sin. But let's make it personal. Jesus bore your sin. He took your sin. Everything you've done. Right? And he nailed it to the cross when he was nailed to the cross. And I'm going to tell you, I've been forgiven much for the sins that I've committed in my lifetime. I have been forgiven much because of what Jesus did. I have been set free. And you have been set free. Jesus called you out. He called you out. He picked you to be an heir, to be called a child of God. He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? God not only called you out, but he also predestined you. What did I, I told Stella earlier? She's got greatness in her. Because she's got Jesus in her. She's also got the blood of her father and mother in her. <laughs> she's got greatness in her. And it's because they got the Holy Spirit in them. Amen? But you've got greatness in you. And it's because of who is in you. We have all been predestined. We have all been called to greatness. And in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, it says, Before I even formed you, before I even formed you, think about that. Before you were even formed, I knew you, God says. I knew you. Isn't that amazing? Before you were even in your mother's womb, God knew you. Before you were even formed, 
God knew you. And he predestined you for greatness. God knew you. Before you were even in the womb, before you were formed, before you were born, he said, I set you apart. He called you out. God called you out. That should be the title of the sermon, called out. God called you out before he even formed you. Because he knew you. And he predestined you for greatness. Before you were even born, I set you apart. I appointed you. God says, I am appointing you as a prophet to the nations. That's what he said to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was predestined to be a prophet. There are some here that God has called out that you are being predestined to be a prophet, to be a preacher, to be a teacher, to be a minister, to be an evangelist, to be a healer. God predestined you. He said, I called you out. I appointed you. You know, I wrote down here, oh, my heart pounds within me when I read these things. And I get excited. Do any of you, when you read the Word, you get excited about it when you read these things and what God's done? And the miraculous thing that God's done and that Jesus has done just for you? I don't know about you, but my heart pounds. I get excited about it. And if you know what that is, that's the Spirit of God within you. That's the Spirit of God within you. I wrote down here, I think everybody in our congregation should start writing sermons. Everybody should start writing a sermon. Because it's like journaling with God. I thought, I'm not a journaler. My wife is the journaler. I don't journal. But every week I come down and I actually journal. And I spend time with God in His Word. And it excites me and it makes my heart pound. And I get fired up. Because of He who is in me, it's getting fed. He's like, I'm feeding my spirit, man, when I'm getting in the Word of God. When I get into worship and when I get into prayer. Have you ever seen the Dallas Cowboys running back, Ezekiel Elliott, when he gets up and he makes a first down or a touchdown? What does he do? His symbol is this. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Like, give me some more. First down. Feed me, feed me. That's what the Spirit of God in us is crying out. In each one of us. Because God foreknow you before you were even formed. And he predestined you for greatness. And we got to feed that spirit. We got to feed the spirit of God within us. And how we feed the spirit of God within us is by his word. It's by spending time with him. Got to feed it. 
You know, I've never heard of the sermon that my father-in-law, Howard, preached at one time, but my wife tells me about it. There's a black dog and there's a white dog. And the more you feed one dog, it's going to be stronger over the other dog. If you feed the black dog, which represents sin, then you're going to be full of sin and it's going to be louder. It's going to be louder. It's going to be sparking in your ear over top of the white dog that you're not going to be able to hear. What are we feeding ourselves? Are we feeding ourselves the world that leads to condemnation, that leads to guilt, that leads to bondage, that leads to worry, to stress, that ends up leading to all kinds of physical problems in your body. Stress doesn't lead to anything good. Worry doesn't lead to anything good. What it does is it affects you mentally. It affects you physically. It bounds you up so you can't function properly. You can't just way that's just how the devil wants you. He doesn't want you functioning properly. He doesn't want you living healthy. He wants you all consumed up and balled up in a ball of worry. And a ball of stress and a ball of fear. And you know what we got to do? We got to remember wait a minute. Uh, I remember reading in the Bible that he who the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. So, how did I get wound up in this? So, you got to remember your scriptures, you got to pull them out, your toolbox. And you got to encourage yourself. Or you got to get around people that are encouraging. That know the word of God, that pray for you, and that love you. That will help you through. Amen? Amen. You got to feed that white dog. That represents righteousness, that represents God, that represents the Spirit of God. If you don't feed them, then they look emancipated. You know, I remember a sermon that, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He's a famous preacher. It'll come to me, but anyways... He was preaching. And the Lord spoke to him while he was preaching. And he said, look out over the congregation. He goes, my people are emancipated. You know, the only thing I think of emancipation is people that look anorexic. You know? I look nothing like that. (laughs) I get fed well. But it's not their outer appearance. It's not your outer appearance. He said their spirits are emancipated because they're not feeding on my word. He said the people are sick. 
because they're not feeding on my word. They have disease because they're not feeding on my word. They're letting the enemy control their lives. They're living in condemnation. They're living in bondage because they don't know my word. And if they knew my word, they wouldn't live that way because it would be in their heart. And they'd have it in their heart as weapons, as tools, as warriors. Church, our battling with the devil is not in flesh and blood. Our battle is not against one another. Our battle is not against brother and sister, mother or father. Our battle is against the devil, the powers, the principalities of evilness in high places. There's principalities over nations, over cities, over governments. There's authorities and powers there. But how we fight them is through prayer. How we fight them is through prayer. How we fight them is through the Word of God. How we fight is on our knees. And then how we fight is knowing who we are so that we can stand. See, we don't even have to fight because the battle is the Lord's. We have to just stand. We have to trust. We have to have faith. We have to have belief. Hope. We got to know this stuff. We got to know this stuff in here. So that we can be effective. I mean, who here wants to be a warrior? All of us want to be warriors. We're all warriors. We're all dynamos. We're all superheroes in the kingdom of God. And it's not because of us, but because of who's in us. We just need to feed it. Feed that spirit. Man, feed that spirit, man. Get hungry. Keep eating. Keep eating the Word. Dig it into the Word. Keep reading the Word daily. Three times a day. Jeremiah 4.19 says, Oh, my anguish. Oh, my anguish. I write in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart. I cannot keep silent. For I have heard the sound of the trumpet. And I have heard the battle cry. The trumpet is sounding all over the world today. People are hearing the sounds. And some of the sounds are like a lion. And I'm going to play a video over this. This is literally happening. They are hearing trumpet sounds in the sky. They are hearing roars like lions in the sky, and they cannot explain why. 
I know that the times are close. God has predestined us, each one of us here, for greatness. And he formed us and he knew us before we were in our mother's womb for such a time as this. We have been chosen to live in these great times. We have seen signs and wonders in the heavens. We have seen this word of God come to life right before our eyes in the natural, in the physical. And you can't deny it. Jesus is coming back. We got to be ready. We have to be warriors. We have to be living like Jesus told us how to live. We have to be living like free soldiers. Declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light so that we can save many. We need to start to shout it on the rooftops. We need to start declaring the praises to all that are within ears hearing of us. So they can see, why are you excited? I'm excited because Jesus is coming back and I'm going with him. Do you want to go too? Hop on this train. I got a ticket. Literally. There's going to be a revival in these last days. And we got to start it. Each one of us individually within ourselves first. We got to get ourselves fired up. We got to get ourselves excited. Because God's moving. And we're ignoring the signs. A lot of them. We need to declare his praises. We need to walk in his calling. Each one of us. That's why he's called you out. You have a destiny to fulfill. And it's greatness. And it's a great destiny. The battle cry is getting closer. And louder. And God created each one of us with a purpose. We need to shut off this condemnation that we've been living in. We need to not live in fear anymore. We need to be trusting God and walking in faith and believing. And we got to start walking in faith, not just proclaiming faith. We need to proclaim faith, yes, but we need to walk in faith. We need to be doers, not just hearers. Amen? And we need to be live as Jesus called us. Jesus has made a way for us. Jesus has made such a great way for each one of us. He has set that example. He, is, he has set us free. He's intended. There's so many things that Jesus has intended for us that we're not accepting and that we're not living. And I'm guilty of it. I know that there's such a great path out before me that I got to walk. But sometimes I see something flashy and silver and gold and I'm like a crow. What is that? I got to check that out. Next thing I know, I'm wasting hours on it. In time. 
God has made us a way. It's time for us to get focused. It's time for the church to get focused and to walk in everything that God has done for us. Amen? Amen. Romans 7, 14, 25. We know that the law is spiritual. But Paul says, I am unspiritual. Sold as a slave to sin, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. This is Paul speaking here. This is Paul talking about his struggles with the sinful nature. This is Paul who wrote more than a third of the New Testament. Who went around preaching to all the churches, setting up churches and setting up individuals and elders to watch them, to to help those churches grow. This is Paul who's raised people from the dead, who's healed the sick. He says, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sinful man living in me doing it. I know that nothing is good. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what I for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sinful living me, living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there. Right there. With me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Then he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can say, thanks be to God that Jesus Christ our Lord did this. He rescued us from this death, from this sinful thing. But Paul says it's a struggle. Every day it's a war. Every day I have a battle in my mind. I want to do good, but I do bad. And he says every day I'm doing good. But evil is right there. That's the joy of the sufferings of being a Christian. Because you know why? Because if you were just living a sinful life, the devil would leave you alone. You wouldn't even think about what you're doing. You would just keep on doing it, living a sinful life. He wouldn't care. But because we're Christians and we want to do what's good, the devil is right there saying, no, you didn't do that. 
yeah, that was a good deed, but really was it a good deed? Did you do it with ulterior motives? <laughs> really, what, you know, this is the battle that goes on in our minds. This is a battle that wages war against us every day. And it's for all of us. It's no different. This is why this Bible is so crazily good. It's crazily good. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. And we still is applicable today. Isn't that amazing? The Bible is amazing. It's so applicable today. It's, all, it's incredible that, hey, these guys struggle with the same things that we're still struggling with or that I'm struggling with because I struggle with that all the time. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord that I'm no longer a, a slave to sin and death, but I've got God in me who set me free. That I can kill the old man. That's what they say. You got to die to yourself and take up your cross. Every day, we got to die to ourselves and take up our cross. But every day, what do we do? <laughs> we die to the Spirit and we leave the cross. And we live a sinful life. And then we come to church and we feel like. Ah, I'm being good again for another day, another week. And there's so much more out there for God that God has for us. There's so much more out there. There's so much more freedom in Christ Jesus than we could even imagine. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to show you a video. Do we got the video clip up there, Joe? I want to show you a video of what's going on around the world. This is actually happening. This is true. And I, you know, you knew that I want you to ask God, what do you think it is? I think it's God's calling his people that it's time. Yep. I had to stop. Make those sounds with a shofar. And that one sounded just like a lion. So the trumpet's blowing. The day's getting closer. Every day is getting closer. And just like the farmer, we have to be prepared. Or just like the servant who's prepared for the master when he comes back, we have to be prepared like that. Because I'm telling you, our master's coming back. Amen? Amen. Stand up for the blessing. And we'll dismiss you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up for the blessing. I am excited that everybody was here today in our small little group. Amen. And everybody's healthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let's raise our hands. And let's receive the blessing. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would bless us and, that you, Lord, that you would keep us. 
Lord, that you would make your face shine upon us and that you would be gracious to us. That, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would, Lord God, give us peace and show us favor on all sides. And I pray, Lord God, that you would keep your people. And, Lord God, that we would wake it up, Lord God, to the battle cry, to what you've called us to do, the greatness you've called us. That we wouldn't live in any condemnation anymore, but we would live in that freedom that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, show each one of us what that is and show each one of us our calling that you've called us to do so we can walk in your path. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for your people. I pray the Lord God, anything that I have said that's not of me would fall away. Lord God, or not of you would fall away. And Lord God, and and Lord God, anything, Lord God, that Lord, each person here heard today, that you've spoken to their heart, Lord God, I pray that you would grow. And I just pray this, Lord God, and I pray your blessings upon each one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen.